Listeners, start your engines. Episode 42, Rob here. On this episode, we're joined by Philip Boone of the Ultimate Gilmore Girls Movie Night to talk about 1993's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. That's the halfway point of our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mega series, going through all six theatrically released films in that franchise based on the comics. Of course, this is also probably one of the least well-regarded Ninja Turtles films. We'll see what our guest and I have to say about it. We'll get into that in a minute. As always, you can find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and other podcatchers, as well as crookedtable.com. Please give us a rating or review wherever you're listening to this episode. For now, let's listen to a little bit of the trailer, and then we'll jump into our conversation about 1993's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Not Turtles in Time. Well, we'll get to that. 16th century Japan. Brave men ride into battle, fighting an evil emperor with their only hope, a golden scepter that can open the gates of time itself. Now, in their darkest hour, come four brave fighters from another time, another place, another species. Expecting maybe uh, the Adams family? They're back. And they're back in time. Hey, Dad, check it out! We're in Shogun! Once before, demons defeated my ancestors. Now they've come back for me. Talk about your quantum leap! My cannons can destroy these monsters, my lord. Uh oh, this doesn't bode well. Rescue I've ever had. But I think I swallowed a frog. I hope it wasn't an ancestor. New Line Cinema presents Allegorama. The four greatest turtles. Hey, alright. Eh? It's not just a job, it's an adventure. Ever to go down in history. It's just your ordinary uh, time travel equal mass displacement kind of thing. Kids. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Help, I'm a turtle and I can't get up. Welcome to Franchise Detours, where we believe no movie series travels in a straight line. On this episode, we're going to be talking about 1993's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, delving further into this franchise, the last of the live-action ones, uh, where the well, at least for now, and definitely the last where the turtles are, uh, are live-action and not CG. But I am honored to welcome to the show Philip Boone from, uh, the what is it, the Gilmore Girl, Ultimate Gilmore Girls Movie Night. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing excellent. I have a love for the turtles, so I'm excited to be here. So last time I, we talked, we talked about uh, Rudy, right? On my other show, I believe. Yes. 
And we, we, you were talking about the sports flicks, just give us clicks. Is that podcast still going? It took a hiatus. Um, yeah. I got a new job. So life got in the way and it Happens. took us. It, it, yeah, it, it took a, it took a hiatus. I'm not sure if the other guys are up for continuing it. Right. Um, I, I probably at some point, I think, I think what needed to take a hiatus was me editing like four different podcasts. Yeah. So that's I think that's what ended up taking the hiatus was because I can't edit all those podcasts. I don't have enough time right now. Right. Yeah, you have a life so, and the family yes. and other things. Like you need to sleep eventually. And <laughs> you can tell I'm, so, I'm, 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 I'm relating from my own personal experience. <laughs> so the Ultimate Gilm Girls Movie Night podcast is actually uh, my wife and my, my wife and I are doing it. That's awesome. So it's, and it's just references and it's, very little to do with Gilmore Girls. We talk about it a little, but it is movie references that they make, and we talk about those movies. So how did you, first of all, how long has that show been going on? And how did you all, how did you and your wife uh, arrive on that premise for the show? It's been going on for over a year, um, probably a little bit over a year. And my wife is a huge Gilmore Girls fan. She actually, a long time ago, before we even met, she started a blog that was basically this. I think she called it oh, wow. The Ultimate Gilmore Girls Movie Night. And she would blog about the movies as she watched them. And so she cool. thought, I want to do a podcast. You host like five podcasts. We might as well, um, might, might as well start one ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, so yeah, so, but it's fun because I've, I've seen a lot of movies that I've never seen before. Um, I, we, we, we talked about Heathers and I had never seen that before. Um, we talked about like Mommy Dearest was one of them. Um, this last one we did was Psycho. I mean, I'd seen I'd seen Psycho five million times, right? But so it's fun to kind of watch these movies that some aren't well thought of, and but just because they randomly speak a line during Gilmore Girls, they reference it. So it's been kind of fun to watch a bunch of movies I've never seen before. Are you are you watching the movies in order of their reference on the show? Like kind of just going episode by episode? Yes, we are. And there's actually a yeah. really good website that has them in order. Oh, nice. It has them in order. And every time that one movie is referenced. So sometimes it might be referenced in like season one, but it's referenced again in season seven or season or season six or whatever. So it has each reference. So we can also talk about those. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No, I was gonna. I was wondering if maybe Gilmore Girls was something you all started binging just like during the pandemic and during lockdown or something. And then that. But it sounds like your wife had a much longer history with that oh, she, uh, with the show in this particular angle. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, she's definitely had all the ep episodes and all the seasons on DVD since way before she and I met. Very cool. So people definitely check that out. Uh, so as far as your history with Ninja Turtles, because when I, when I, I, I think I, I, cause I was throwing out on Twitter, like here and there, like, here's some of the things I'm going to be maybe talking about. And, and, you know, when I do that, that's just kind of throwing a, a, a hook out into the, the sea of social media and see if anybody bites. And I think you commented on something at one point, like, oh, I, you know, I'd be down to talk Ninja Turtles. And, I reached out to you for this mega series and you jumped immediately on Ninja Turtles 3, which we'll, we'll get to in a second. But what is your history with these characters in this franchise? The same as anybody my age. I mean, I know last time we talked about you and I were actually born the same year, 83. Yep. Yep. So it's the, the cartoon. 
the cartoon, um, 80s cartoon, I, for many months, many years, my Saturday mornings involve watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so that's, that's, I just fell in love with it. And like many boys my age, Michelangelo was my favorite from the very beginning of me watching Ninja Turtles. And so it really just starts with the cartoon. And then as I, and then I started obviously in the action figures and so forth. And it just built from there. And the third one, I actually was the only one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies that I saw in theaters. Oh, wow. So I saw, I saw the third one in theaters. I remember I was in, I guess I was in third grade or whatever age I was. And it, and my sister was having a sleepover and was watching a league of their own. And I, for some reason, I remember this, which I love a league of their, yeah, but I remember being super excited because I was going to watch Ninja Turtles three, which, you know, if you put the, if you put those two movies together, not very many people will say the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three is the better movie. (laughs) <laughs> against it, right but you know nine um nine-year-old ten-year-old boy all, all all about ninja turtles and i remember being my dad and i went to go see it while they were watching that at their sleepover and so it it just started with the cartoon yeah the very beginning now i it's i think it's it's funny too because this is one of the you know we, i've covered a bunch of franchises on the show already and this is probably one of the ones that has kind of been the most ongoing like a lot of the other ones there's long gaps in between films or you know, uh, there's it kind of it kind of hits a uh, hits a dead end at a certain point, and they just stop becoming profitable or whatever. But like these this these characters, they, there was a long break between this movie and the next one, and then that movie and the next one after that. But like mm-hmm. throughout all of it, there's been the '87 cartoon, the 2003, the 2012, the 2018. They just Netflix did a did a. Uh, uh, animated film based on that most recent show like i think last year so mm-hmm. like they've been around so it's it's funny how many jumping on points there are for them so yeah mm-hmm. I, I, this this Sega mega series we're getting a lot of the ogs though so i i love and i've heard that the, i haven't seen the 2003 one i've heard that that one's really good so i've been one yeah. i've been wanting to go back and watch the 2003 cartoon yeah it I've has more of an anime style i think it's probably the mm-hmm. darkest of the the shows uh, because that's the thing too when you're a kid and you're watching the the Ninja Turtles, uh, the original series, you're like, this is serious business. They got to take down the shredder. When you watch it now, you're like, wow, this is really silly. How come I didn't notice that before? <laughs> um, still fun. Still, you know, still a guilty, you know, a guilty well, pleasure I, or I whatever. Nostalgia. I, yeah. I, I started buying the seasons on Amazon Prime just for, you know, nostalgia. So right. I, I no, still watch absolutely. it. It's still fun. <laughs> I, I, my, my daughter and I, I kind of got her into it like last year and she, you know, how five she was five at the time you know how five-year-olds are being like uh i want to see something else like the attention span doesn't last at like whatever eight seasons or whatever that show is but so i still have the box set maybe she'll come around to it again maybe my <laughs> 17 month old will age into it maybe i'll end up watching them by myself you know who knows yeah. but yeah and then, and totally then I, up. yeah and then i randomly got into ninja turtles again because for me the ninja turtles it goes in waves like i will be really mm-hmm. into them and then I won't pay any, I won't pay attention to them for a few years. Like it just comes in waves. Yeah. And I got into them again a lot because last summer Shredder's Re- Revenge came. Out. Hell yeah, I did. Um, and, and I played the crap out of that game. Like I, I beat it however many times to get everybody at like, um, the ultimate <laughs> yeah. level that they need to be at. 
And then um, the Cowabunga collection came out, um, which had all the all the OG games from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so I started playing that a lot. And that really just got me back into the world of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I think part of me wanting to do this this mega series is because there's the animated film coming out in August, uh, mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, that we don't seem to know much about, but it's apparently still coming. Uh, and also, yeah, that game kind of awoke uh, awoke my my Ninja Turtle fandom a bit. It's, yeah, it is like what you said, like in between, it just kind of goes hibernation and then it flares up like big time when there's a game release or a movie or something like that. Uh, but yeah, Definitely. we played Shredder's Revenge as well, my wife, my daughter, and I. And, and that's what led to watching the original show and me being like, hey, by the way, there's like a whole series that's <laughs> this is kind of uh, riffing on. Uh, but yes, so so you saw, I'm assuming, one and two on home video. Uh, mm-hmm. And then this came out in theaters. You were like, I am so there, mom, dad, whoever, take me to see this movie. Uh, you know, while uh, yeah. while the, the sleepover is happening, like I want to see Ninja Turtles 3. Yes. So what and was your I, initial? Yeah, go ahead. I love, I still love that movie. Um, it's my, my takes are usually hot takes as far as this uh-huh. movie goes, um, because it's often thought of as the worst of the original three. And I still for the longest time and i and and really we're kind of um we're going to be talking about this at the end but i'm just going to tell you right now this is actually my favorite teenage mutant turtles movie oh wow and nobody ever says that yeah that is not that is the oh wow (laughs) that is not an opinion people have and in in into and to be fair it's hard to know if it's the nostalgia of seeing it in the theaters right um if it's what it is um it might have been just the movie that I saw the most. That and, definitely and it's helps. funny because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 often is called Turtles in Time, and that was never the name of the movie. I know. I think it's just because the, the game is Turtles because of the in Time, game. right? And they're and, just like, well, they're in time in here, so it must be the same. But, like, no. but at one point, the, like, I, put in my, I watched my Blu-ray because um, it used to be on one of the streaming stations for free um, streaming services but it's i couldn't find it i don't think it is anymore so i i watched my blu-ray of it because i have the original three all on blu-ray and it says turtles in time on the blu-ray like at one point it's like they reconned it and and decided like after the fact you know what that's the name of it yeah they just gave in they're like sure put it on the box we own the rights to it it's fine yeah Uh, but yeah it's but it's all, all often called turtles in time and that was never the actual name of the movie. It's just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. I think Turtles in Time, I'm trying to think of my, I think it came right, came out right before the third movie. So I think like it was just at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that sounds about right. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm a, I have like, uh, I'm a stickler for movie franchise titling. It's, you know, it's, so, so I prefer the consistency of the title of the first one, you know, number two and a subtitle, number three and a subtitle versus just mm-hmm. dropping it. There are some that completely drive me mad, like especially, you know, Fast and the Furious, like who the hell knows what's going on with those titles. Uh, or then there's some that like do the numbering and then switch to the subtitle and then combine them. And then uh, it drives me nuts. So, yeah, Turtles in Time should have been it all along, I guess is what we're it's, saying. It's, it makes perfect sense. Like, I understand yeah. why people call it that and why. I mean, because it's them going back in time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're in time. So yeah, exactly. Uh, so this was written and directed by Stuart Gillard, who apparently did a romance in 1982 called Paradise, which I've never heard of. 
in 1997's Rocket Man with Harlan Williams, which I have heard of, not the Rocket Man about Elton John. Uh, <laughs> this had a, a very different movie. This had a budget yeah. of $21 million, which is a little bit less than the second one, and uh, did $42 million domestically. So, like, still profitable. Not, you know, it's a financially a downgrade from the, uh, the previous two. But, I mean, it still did well enough not to be the end of this version of the franchise. Yeah. So I've always found that strange. And, yeah, and they were going to make a fourth installment in the franchise. Um, yeah. It was going to be called, I believe, The Next Mutation, which they ended up making a cartoon um, or an animated series of the... Or no, it was a live action. I'm live sorry. action, yeah. A live action series called The Next Mutation. But that was going to be the next movie. And I believe they were going to add a fourth turtle. Um, and, I, and I was reading about it um, named Kirby after Jack Kirby is that, what that I had cool. yeah. what I had read. But the, the TV series they ended up having had, and um, they did add a female turtle or a turtle, but it was a female turtle named um, after Venus de Milo. Right. But yeah, they were, I guess it just didn't make enough. And I, th I think each box, each of the box offices just kept getting worse and worse. So, but the, the I, I don't still don't understand why they just abandoned it completely. Like, you know, if, if they if they were disappointed with the you know the critical performance, not that these they that matters. These franchises critic proof regardless. Uh, you know you could have just you know dusted yourself off and come back. The show was on until I think ninety six or ninety seven mm -hmm. around there. So there was yeah still a few years to put a, one or two more of those out. So yeah, so that's always been a little weird to me. Uh, so Definitely. since you since you dropped up front that this is your favorite one, I'm just gonna ask. Why is this your favorite one? What do you? What is it about this one that you love so much? Because I, I, I have issues with this movie. I it it is probably on the lower end of the Turtles films for me. But that's I think what it is. It's frustrating. Is that like there is stuff in here that works or that could work, and then it's just not as you know it's not as sharp as as I feel like it should be. So I want to yeah. hear from you. I want to hear you. You know, you chose this episode. I want to hear. What is it? Uh, what is it about this? Is it just them kind of in a different environment, uh, taking them out of their the turtles being fish out of the water? Because that's kind of an interesting concept, I think. Yeah, I think it's. I love a good time travel movie. I do too, and okay. I think it's the time travel of it all, where kind of them being a fish out of water, having no idea what's going on, switching places with. Uh, so like switching places with those warriors. So all of a sudden they're fish out of water. And just the dichotomy of the two um, of New York City um, against where the turtles are. So I, yeah. I think it's the aspect of them, you know, being back in time and going through time travel. There are a lot like I, I'm not stupid. I as I watch, I understand and I wrote down a lot of, OK, this is where they messed up. This is what because I know um, why or what they did different aspects that they shouldn't have done. Mm. Um, and really, I think the first movie, and especially for me at a young age, I, I liked the more cartoonish aspects. Because, I mean, I watched the cartoon. Yeah. I did not originally read the comics, which are all of a sudden, which, of course, are a lot darker than the cartoon. So right. I didn't read the comics. So I liked the cartoonish aspect of, the more cartoonish aspect of the second and third one as opposed to the darkness of the first one as a child. Yeah, makes sense. And then as I grew up, I am able to appreciate the first one more than I originally did. But, you know, nostalgia's a heck of a drug. <laughs> my, my, my nostalgia kicks in, and I watch the second, third one all the time as, as a kid. And you're I talking, watch it. 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'd watch the first one every once in a while. So yeah. You're talking to someone whose entire 12th birthday was centered around the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. So I get it. Trust me. I get it. I've watched oh. that many times since then. been like, this is not good. And yet I'm like, ah, Power <laughs> Rangers. I, I 12-year-old Rob. I stopped watching Power Rangers right before the movie was made. Like, I stopped I, watching I it, it from the beginning. <laughs> right until, because um, I remember being super into the whole um, Tommy when he became yeah. the oh, when yeah. he became the white ranger. Yeah, that and was I like remember, a like a soap opera for us like oh, ten year olds oh, or whatever. And, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, the, the Green Ranger is and they bad now. And, of, and around that same time, they had some type of a giveaway. They're like, if you did something, if you like turned in this or or emailed this, you might get a chance to win something that like the white the Green Ranger had. I don't remember what it was, but some type of a giveaway cool. that I w- was. I was sure I was going to win, but I never did. Yeah. But I just, I, I, this is not, yeah. this is not the first time <laughs> on this mega series that I brought up Power Rangers, but it's just like in my mind, they're the Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers are so interlocked because they were both like early nineties and mid to late nineties. And they're like, you know, both martial arts based, both kind of catering to the exact same fan base with all the toys and the games and all that other stuff. And, R.I.P. Jason David Frank, too, while we're on the topic. Oh, oh definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, and it's the same way with the cartoon. I mean, yeah. the Turtles cartoon, watching it now, if I was watching it for the first time, I'd be like, what, am, what is this? And same goes with, like, He-Man or Thundercats, yeah. even. That those movies or those shows that I watched are awful. But, you know, I watched them as a kid, so I love them now. Exactly. Yeah, the 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 80s has a very specific uh many would call dated aesthetic that has not aged particularly yeah. well. I mean, but, but yeah. I I, pers- I personally think the only cartoons, the only animated series of any um superhero show that I watched as a kid that still hold up is Batman the animated series it is still amazing. Like if I watched it for the first time now, I would still love it. And X-Men, I, I think, still holds up to an extent. I need to do the deep dive on X-Men because I know they have that entire series on uh, Disney+. Plus. Disney and Plus. at some point, I need to just go back and be like... Because actually, this summer, I'm doing the X-Men franchise. So I feel like oh, yeah. that might that might lead me going back to like... Especially because... Like, Dark um, Phoenix Saga or whatever. Especially because they're rebooting it with X-Men 97. Yeah, yeah, Plus. exactly. So you need to watch all of them before that comes out. We're, we're so in the weeds on just early nineties. <laughs> sorry, just, no, I know it's just it's just that it's all good stuff. Like it's you could have we could have completely different conversations about all these different <laughs> things. But yeah, Batman and X Men, awesome. I like the Spider Man show from the nineties as well. Uh, the Fox Kids mm-hmm. Spider Man show. I oh yes, that. definitely. But so yeah, so I, I agree with you. In my notes, I had like it's clear right from the jump in this movie. Like they're obviously going more for two than one. They have a whole dance number in the lair at the very beginning of the movie. And I love the dance number. Still, yeah, it just brings a smile to my face. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, and uh, you know, but that's even that is contrasted with this the opening Japan sixteen oh three. So you already kind of get a hint of what's to come. Uh, I think what's it, what what is first challenge this movie has to overcome is it's the classic sort of trilogy kind of arc, right? So you have the first ones, usually the hero versus the arch nemesis. Mm -hmm. And the second one, a lot of times is the hero and then the villain is back for revenge kind of thing. So it's just exactly what they do here. 
it's exactly what, and speaking of early 90s, the Aladdin straight-to-video sequels did, which I was really big into because I love that first movie so much. I, I will say that um, Prince of Thieves is a really good movie. Return yeah. of Jafar went, went, isn't that great? The third one is not as good as Aladdin, but pretty close. It's a really good movie. Yeah, it's decent, yeah. <laughs> and see, speaking yeah. of things that, that uh, from our childhood, the Return of Jafar, I love, I know it sucks. I still love it. I still know yes. the songs. I'm not. I'm not ashamed of it. It is what it is. It was '94. I was uh, 11, and I was still buzzing from uh, Aladdin fever. So you know. Uh, oh yeah. So that. So then, with the third one here, they're already like, "All right, what are we gonna do? We have, you know, we're dealing with early '90s. We don't have CG. We don't have like the the money or the tools to go into Dimension X or do any of that stuff. Not in live action, at least." So they were like, all right, let's, you know, let's go back in time. The Time Scepter is something that is from the comics, apparently. Uh, there's a whole other storyline centered around it there. But there, it is rooted there. And I, and I do agree with you. Like, the thing, of, one of the biggest things about this movie that works is the time travel stuff. I love anything time travel, which is probably why I saw this so much as a kid as well. Uh, I love the, the sort of parallel timeline of it. I like that it introduces mysticism into this franchise. Uh, have you seen the you've seen the 2007 one, right? That comes the animated. I, I film? saw I saw that one in theaters. I took. Yes. I remember I was like watching a group of kids for like a daycare type thing, and we all went to see that movie. So yeah, I but I haven't seen it since I haven't seen it right. since 2007. But yeah, I did see it in theaters. I I kind of consider that. Uh, and because there's an Easter egg at the end of that film where you see like uh, Splinter has like a room of, of relics or like souvenirs from different missions and it's got Shredder's helmet and it's got the scepter sitting in there. So I sort of view that as the unofficial fourth of these original three. Uh, and I, and so now I'm, now I'm doing this mega series kind of viewing that as a, as the arc that if that's the case, mysticism is way more, you know, magic or whatever is way more prominent in that story than it is in, even in this one. And so I, I kind of see that as like, a step into uh, into where the this franchise will go uh, in the next film. Um, I love the thing about equal mass displacement, like you were saying. I think that that's such a cool like movie rule that they establish here. Uh, that the the honor guard comes back uh, when the turtles go. <laughs> you get a lot I'm of physical comedy from it. I'm not sure I understand the rules of it because when they when the turtles first go back in time, they end up on forces, and I doubt. All four of those guys that came back and took their place were all holding the scepter at the same time. Like I don't, I don't understand the rules of how the scepter right. works. Well, so. they also said they have to have the same weight, and I'm pretty sure those guys don't weigh the same as the turtles with their big shelves and everything. But so, so whatever. Four, there's some four guys logical, go. Four guys. There's go. some logical aspects that I'm not sure I I believe in the Ninja Turtles movie. You're saying this is this isn't a reliable text, <laughs> Ninja Turtles three. <laughs> Colon, air quotes, turtles in time, which is what we're now yes. calling it. Yeah, they're, they're thrust into battle. Uh, like, oh, yeah, Michelangelo ends up backwards on the horse, gets separated for a little bit. All of that stuff is fun. Like, I, I, I like the idea of putting them in that different environment. Mm -hmm. I think that's fun and fresh. And they needed to do something other than Shredder uh, for a third time. And so, Definitely. you know, that, that concept, I think, is cool. It even has, uh, it even has shades of sort of an army of darkness kind of premise where when they go back there's a prophecy that that they're there to save them or like there's like you know there's like legend of them 
Mm -hmm. uh, of the turtles. And I thought that was an interesting uh, wrinkle as well, that it's almost sort of like they were always meant to have gone back. Yes. So there's there's like that air of destiny to it, which is fun. Uh, Kind of like, again, and this is because I probably, because I've covered the Evil Dead franchise for this podcast, why I immediately thought of that. I'm like, hey, that's just like Ash and his Oldsmobile ending up in like the medieval times. Uh, it's it's exactly that kind of. Did you have you have you did they did you pick up on that this time as kind of a trope that other movies have also either you know done and before or since? Yes, I definitely did. Um, I can't even think off the top of my head which movies. I haven't actually ever seen the Evil Dead movies, right? So I haven't I haven't seen those particular movies. It, it it's definitely a trope where I mean where it's an ancient these characters are seen in ancient times and they they and they're supposed to come save everybody and then the present day creatures do that so that definitely is a trope I haven't actually seen any of those um, Evil Dead movies though but I, I I need I need to watch those yeah those are fun those are fun Army of Darkness is is uh is probably is pretty light too like it's not even crazy violent or anything so uh it's it's more accessible i think that was the first one when i did that mega series that was the first one a lot of my guests had seen they saw army of darkness because they were okay. you know youngish at that point and then eventually it was like oh there's two other movies before this because it's it's not you know it's not called evil did three colon ashen time so they you know they missed out on a marketing opportunity there uh, they even say at one point in this movie, there I think April or somebody says, at least the time travel worked. And I'm like, that's how I'm feeling about this movie. At least the time travel worked. That's, <laughs> that, that part I yeah. love. No, no notes about the idea of sending them to feudal Japan. It's it's unexpected, but if it, it if it's executed right, which we'll get into, uh, then you know, then it's it pay, could pay off. Uh, my my big thing, and this is probably my big issue with this with this movie my biggest note is because the jim henson creature shop did not do the turtle suits and it was uh all effects company they look egregious to me did that is that something that you register now as a kid i didn't notice that that is the that is actually the third thing i wrote underneath underneath my section on things that did not work was it, it was hurt because the jim henson company did not do the turtles costumes and splinter um, they look cheap, um, and and as a kid, I would not have recognized that. Never would have noticed. Of that. course, yeah. But watching it as an adult, that is, and you know, as an adult who loved it as a kid, and it was my favorite movie as a kid, I can overlook it. But yeah, definitely, it. I mean, that is definitely one thing that hurt it. I put that in the first movie. Um, Casey was one of the best parts of the first movie. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Casey wasn't in the second movie. He came back for this movie. Um, actually, the actor came back to do two roles, but the character Casey came back in this movie. And you just have him be a babysitter. <laughs> yes, I. It had comedic elements, but that's kind of doing that character dirty, in my opinion. You have uh, to no. have him. Fight. They they have <laughs> plus they have him. Put on the the TV to distract the honor guard from, uh, you know, from like running away or freaking out or whatever. And they're watching hockey, which is basically mm-hmm. just a building in an excuse for him to put the hockey mask on for two seconds. Mm-hmm. So go like, hey, there he is. <laughs> um, like, I mean, yeah. each, each of those scenes was funny, but you have to do more with, with that character because he was one of the best parts of the first movie. 
100%. Like, yeah, he's he's probably my VIP in the first movie because he's so much fun, but he also has a little bit of complexity. He's got a lot of heart, the way he kind of uh, stands up for Splinter and the Turtles. And I did notice in this one, there's sort of that little moment where first they have the big, like, introducing, reintroducing Casey Jones. And he comes in and the music kicks in and you're like, as a kid, you're all about it. And then they're like, oh, you're not going to be busting any heads. You're going to be taking it easy. And he seems disappointed, both the actor and the character, probably, uh, because there was a whole thing behind the scenes where they didn't bring him back for the second one because it was too violent. Mm -hmm. And this is the early 90s where everybody's freaking out about video games and rap music and Bart Simpson. And they're like, protect the kids. You know, this is the whole kind of (laughs) this is the kind of movement at the time. Uh, And so they bring him back here, but and they want credit for bringing him back. But then not letting him do anything that was cool in the first movie, it's it's very strange. And, and the same thing goes with the actor. I mean, the actor also, as a kid, I didn't realize that the same actor played Wit. Right. Um, even though even though April says, don't I know you? And they like kind of show that, hey, you look just like Casey. But that character that he played, um, that that particular character was very exciting. Like he, he kind of turned... You couldn't tell if he was a bad guy or a good guy the whole time, but he didn't get to crack heads or anything. Anything yeah, yeah. fun like the actor got to do in the first movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, uh, I real fast. I did. I liked that when he so he he realizes he's just going to be watching these guys, but he's going to be doing it to kind of look out for Splinter, keep Splinter company, and things like that. And there's a beautiful moment. This is again one of those little touches that this movie captures. Uh, and I, I did say the phrase beautiful moment about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, but um, where he's, he like takes a moment, he takes it in, he realizes that the role that they've given him is incredibly important. They're trusting him with their father. And he's like, It'll be a, it would be a serious honor. And he like takes a moment. Like, and he's being sincere true. about it. And I'm like, nice. That's a perfect. I love that, that callback, that that character, he's like, oh, I want to beat people up. Oh, okay. I see what's happening. I get it. You need somebody you can trust for this. And and it's it, it, you know, there was a little bit of a bond between him and Splinter when he and Danny help uh, help him escape the Foot Clan's lair in the first film and all that. So I thought it was a little nice tip of the hat to uh, to that dynamic. Uh, and also, it, it feels like the character of Wit was just thrown into as like you know, <laughs> just they're throwing the, they're throwing Elias Codius a bone and just being like, here you get something, you get to do an accent, you get to have a different look, double role, and he's like, fine, sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that always both excites me and frustrates me at the same time. Definitely. And it's really the first movie. My MVP is also Casey. Mm-hmm. And the second movie, my MVP is Kino. Yeah, he's fun. I love that character. So the third movie, I feel like, okay, there's got to be a side character that, that I just love. And there isn't one. As yeah. opposed to like the first two, when you have Casey, who's awesome, Kino, who who was the actor was one of the turtles in the first movie. Yep. And so, so he was my, he was, and also he's a really good at, um, at karate and all that. So he was awesome to watch. And the third movie just doesn't have that character, that side character that you just love to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the closest thing we get is who, who are their human allies in this Mitsu and mm-hmm. Kenshin is in, in New York, just kind of hanging out. And then little Yoshi, which, you know, you yeah. get a little bit of a relationship, like a friendship with him and, and Raphael. And there's like I, Mitsu and Michelangelo have a little bit of a yeah. friendship. Going, I do so. like the Yoshi Raphael thing because 
Yeah. My least, especially as a child, my least favorite turtle was Raphael because I did not like the sarcasticness. I just thought he was a jerk. He's such a bummer. And like, he's a bad all the time. Yeah. Um, as an adult, as a 39 year old adult, I understand mm-hmm. some of his thoughts. Of, like, I, I understand him being kind of grumpy sometimes. I understand it now. But as a kid, I didn't. But the way he, Yoshi, had that bond, it kind of softens him up a little. Absolutely. It, it actually made me, oh, he's not as bad as I thought he was. Yeah, he has a moment with, with Yoshi where he's like, oh, you know, you need to learn, learn to control your temper. And he's like, is that me saying this? Yes. And I'm like, because he gets he has a little bit of self-awareness, uh, which, which I love. And again, looking at these as uh, this as the third of four movies that are technically kind of all in canon. In the fourth film, I, I don't know if you remember, but there's a big showdown between Raphael and Leonardo because that, that tension, that animosity between the two of them, those two polar opposites on the team, had kind of built up to a point where Raphael was cri- fighting crime uh, under, you know, under an alias, just vigilanteing on his own. And, uh, and so the two brothers kind of come head to head in that, in that film. So I like that they're keeping that arc alive, that Raphael's still the hothead and all of that. Uh, and, you know, Michelangelo gets some fun stuff. He's trying to make pizza and uh, talking to the guy about France, setting up franchising and all of that. Like, I like some of that stuff. That's fun. One thing I think was missing from this is um, the pizza eating. Because obviously they're making the pizza, but there's no... It's something just amazing about watching the turtles get like two or three pizzas and just go to town. Yeah. The first four minutes, whatever the intro is to this, however long the intro is to the second movie, <laughs> yeah. that pizza looks so good. Like they just show every single person eating pizza. Right. I love pizza, but that made me just want it even that, that much more because we talked, just we, we talked about that on that episode that like, it's just like so much, like everyone in New York City is eating pizza at the exact same time. It's just like, you know, <laughs> such a 90s thing. Here's some pizza. Here's some vanilla ice. It's just the most 90s movie of all time. Uh, but like, but yeah, those delicious. first few minutes, those first few minutes are like pizza porn. It's just like, look, pizza. Look at it. You want a slice? Like, yes, I do. Stop it. Maybe that was a problem. Uh, they thought, okay, we did all of this in the, sec- in the second. Let's not really have it in the third one. Right. Let's have right. them try to make pizza, but make it badly. Make make a frisbee instead of actual pizza. They should have had like Michelangelo reaching for a slice of pizza just before the scepter like whisked him away, and then it drops to the floor or something. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I, I think I think at the end I thought, man, I missed all the pizza. That's yeah. What's up with the pizza? It's like it's like half their identity is pizza. So you know, which I as a kid in the nineties, same. You know, uh, I oh, get yeah, it definitely. Um, I remember getting, I got a, I remember getting a VHS. I think it was through Pizza Hut. Yes. Yeah. That you, you had VHSs and the VHS I got, and it had the Pizza Hut commercial at the very beginning of VHS. And the one that I got was the one where April O'Neil um, is, looks exactly the same as like a princess. Mm-hmm. And they, and so like Bebop and Rocksteady get them mixed up. And I remember no. that's the one I watched the most. The the one I watched the most because I had that one videotape. Yeah. Oh, man, I think I had like a couple of them now that we're talking about it. Yeah. This was back in the day before you can get the whole show on a VHS or a DVD set or anything like that. Oh, uh, yeah, Definitely. that was fun. 
Um, speaking of April, we have Paige Turco back as as April. Weirdly not referenced whatsoever as a reporter, which is strange. Uh, what do you what do you think about Paige Turco as April? I guess in comparison to Judith Hogue from the first film, but also like uh, for her second time in this role. I like Paige Turco um, the best out of her and Judith Hogue. And our, as a kid, I don't even think I realized the third one was the same as the April and the second one because she cuts mm. her hair. She her does, hair is different. Yeah. And, you know, so as a child, to me, it was a completely different actress. Yeah. I, I don't even, I, th- I don't even remember how old I was. I realized, oh, they just changed her hair, but it's the same person. But I don't even know what it is about her. I, so probably because the first one I only watched a few times growing up and the second and third one I watched all the time. So Paige Turco will always be my April one. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Just because that's the one, she's the one that I watched all the time. She also has, and I noticed it like recently rewatching these movies now, she has big Aunt Becky energy from Full House. Like mm. very much so. Where it's like similar hair, similar kind of acting style and sensibility. And, you know, I was that kid that kind of had a crush on Aunt Becky, even now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a little more problematic nowadays. I was, was going to say, I don't uh, know if you're personal life, but just like, you know, before that happened, my wife and I, we were watching Fuller House and she was, you know, my, my wife loves Full House and, and Fuller House. She, she really, you know, that's a nostalgic thing for her. Uh, and so, yeah, she was on that show too. So, well, yeah, I noticed yeah. that a lot here. Definitely big ant. I never even thought of that. And Full House is one of those. My wife and I watched the whole series probably about three years ago because of nostalgia. And right. that's an awful show. But man, <laughs> if you grew up on it, you love it. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is the one where DJ, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she, she is great. And Becky, Lori Laughlin energy absolutely i i do feel like i do feel like this movie in a lot of ways doesn't know what to do with april i think that's a problem uh with the movie not necessarily with Paige turco as april because i think she you know she's she's uh a big focus in the in the beginning when she's sort of the catalyst for the turtles having to go back in time uh but then she kind of is either there or she becomes a damsel a lot which is a bummer she's she's more a part of the action than she is in a lot of the other because she has to be. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't yeah. know anybody there except the turtles. So she can't That's really true. hide because she doesn't know who to trust. So yeah, she's but like she can't be a reporter. Like it doesn't mention that she's a reporter, but also she can't be when she goes back in time. I mean <laughs> that would be awesome. They, they if she just picks up like a stick and starts walking around and be like, so Lord Norinaga, what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, so I but yeah, they they definitely don't really know what to do with her but i yeah i, I love Paige turco as april and i never even thought about the ed beck now i'm, I'm gonna have to rewatch that movie i'm gonna have to rewatch it blew your mind have that in my mind it's also because I, I keep trying to draw parallels to the the next film because that's what, what kind of what we do here uh her whole thing here finding a the the scepter in like an antique shop in the fourth one she's like working in antiquities which I think is a, kind of a funny connection. So it almost feels like after this experience, she's like, oh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to work with antiquities now. Forget new, you know, journalism. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Uh, it, yeah. It's just a, it's a weird, but, like either coincidence or connection. And, and if I remember, if I recall correctly, the fourth movie is a kind of, is obviously the next movie and is in canon with the first three, but it mm-hmm. kind of is 
a sequel to the fourth one and the third one. Or no, no. It's kind of a sequel to the third one and the second one. Kind of. Because Ooze is a part of it as well, if I recall, if I remember correctly. Um, so it's kind of because really the third one, while yes, it's a sequel, it doesn't build on what happened in the second. Right. Except obviously, I guess, them dancing in their new um home at the beginning. Right. Right. Which I still but love that. The, the the underground subway station, the the yeah. like abandoned subway station, so cool. Yeah, but like the first two kind of build off of each other, and then the third one is its own little thing. Whereas yeah, it's a, it's kind of a side adventure. Whereas the fourth one kind of builds, I feel like more off a, a little bit off of the second one with some of the third one through. Yeah, like with some of the dynamics, I I would say definitely. Uh, you know, Casey and April are a thing there, and which is why mm-hmm. it's weird in this in this movie that her recognizing Casey and knowing it's not the same, it wasn't the same actress last time Casey was there. It's also like, I don't know. I, that always struck, that struck me kind of weird. I did like Stuart Wilson uh, as Walker. I thought he was, you know, he was doing the the best with the kind of underwritten role he had. Uh, and it's funny, they do call him Zorro dude at one point, And he did play the main, main villain in the Mask of Zorro. Mask he played Zorro. Rafael Montero in that movie, which is, He's really great. He, like he's okay. He's fun here. He does the best he can with this kind of one-dimensional character, but he's really good in in The Mask of Zorro. Yeah, and you've mentioned um, Norinago, Walker, and we've talked about Wit for a little bit. Yeah, that's another thing that I think is hurting the third one. Is in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles world, Shredder is the bad guy. I mean, he's the ultimate mm-hmm. villain. While obviously he they beat him in the first one beat him even more in the second one, and you're like, okay, he's gone. I think not having Shredder be the villain is one thing that hurts. Yeah. Whereas in this one, who's the villain? Is it Lord? Is it Norinago? Because he's kind of villainous and threat a lot. I guess it's Walker? kind of Walker mostly. Walker? Um, I mean, Wits, I wouldn't say he's the pure villain, but he did turn on them and then help them at the end. Right. So, like, who is the ultimate villain in this movie is one thing that I can't fully say. I think initially what they were going to do after two is they were going to forget what the story was they were going to do for three. I don't think it was this. But there was going to be, like, hints of Shredder possibly returning in the fourth one. So I think maybe Mm -hmm. even just having that somewhere in here as a subplot. Be like, hey, we're not done. Don't worry. Instead of just, (laughs) guess what? Shredders, we're closing the book on that. We're going to feudal Japan, everybody. Pack yeah. your bags. Like, I think uh, having that like some con- continuity uh, with the Shredder and the Foot Clan thing might have might have you know benefited even to some degree. I, I would think so because really with Ninja Turtles, if you ask anybody who's the villain in Ninja Turtles, a hundred percent people would say Shredder. So it hurts right. not having it. Whereas Batman, a lot of people would say the Joker. You'd have some people saying the Penguin. Some people saying this character, like there are a lot more, yeah. there's not a main character per se. Right. So it doesn't hurt having other villains in the Batman movies. Um, He-Man, if he, um, obviously He-Man made a movie in the 80s, but if He-Man did a full on. Speaking um, of guilty uh, pleasures of mine. <laughs> if He-Man did a full on series, it's hard to have He-Man and not have Skeletor as yeah. the villain. Definitely. Because people wouldn't want to see just another guy as the villain for that. For that, um, so I think not having Shredder hurts the movie, and then having these other guys who nobody knows who they are. Like if they had chosen a villain or two from the cartoon, 
right. then yes. maybe. But these these are just random people. Yeah, I mean, having Shredder in the mix, whether he's the lead villain or, mm-hmm. or not, that I think would have... Yeah, absolutely. Even if he's like down on his luck and... And you know, it's the really it's Rat King is really the main focus or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, there that's the thing that's always been frustrating with this franchise is that they like they they don't. There's so much that works about the comics, about the animated series, the multiple multiple versions of it now that it's like they they can't seem to nail all those elements simultaneously. It's like if they figure out how to bring the turtles to life effectively like they do in you know the first one and and uh in the anime even in the 2007 animated movie like the right way to medium to tell the story then they they throw in a story that has nothing to do with anything or you're like like they do here like even in the fourth one it's like it's there's a an ancient warrior there's like a race of like stone generals there's there's no shredder in the fourth one either so it's the same kind it's the same problem that it's they they're not embracing the the mythos of these characters in the same way. If you, whereas you look at, you know, you look at the, the, that show, there were so many toys that all of us had that if they put in any movie, we'd be like, Oh my God, it's that guy. Like they kind of almost get there without of the shadows, but they bring bebop rock steady and crang and they sort of tease, uh, Baxter Stockman turning into the fly. And that never happens Mm -hmm. because they never made a follow up. but it's like, pick a lane, stick with it and like give, you know, just bring to life the elements that fans want to see. I don't know why that's yeah. so hard. Or, or the second movie, have Shredder be the Bane bad guy and obviously have yeah, the two faux Bebop and Rocksteady because yeah. East Middle Toka and Raza, like, yeah. It did not like Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, <laughs> because they, they've... Because they're like the Bebop Rock City are, are stupid or annoying. Yes. And they're, so they put in two giant babies, basically, in the second one, which I'm like, but that's the babies, they can be stupid. It's okay. Yeah, I know, but it, I guess, but it's like they have, they serve the same function. Could have made Bebop and Rock City babies then. But rather, yeah, but rather than that, um, having them bring a secondary character from the cartoon or from, or whatever, bring a secondary character to kind of be the second guy. And then have that secondary character make it like, make it, um, make it a smarter character. Don't make it. Uh, um, what are their names again? Tosh, Toka and Razar. I just talked okay, about Razar. them, <laughs> so it's fresh in my mind. I, I haven't thought about them in a long time. That's, um, that's rather understandable. Than, rather than them, make it a, a a smarter character who could be the main bad guy in the third movie, right? Or something like that to kind of build because. Because it it just doesn't build on what happened in the second movie. Yeah, yeah. But and and then obviously the the huge a huge um, a huge problem with the second and third movie that people didn't like is well known, and I'm sure you talked about this as well. Is the not using any weapons in yep. the second movie, and because you know it needed to be more family friendly, um, that obviously hurts it. And it is also hard fully to show the weapons being used. Like in the cartoon, I don't think they rarely, I don't think they, I think they rarely use weapons in the cartoon. Yeah, they hold them out like they're going mean, to they do something with them, it. But they don't use them. It's a lot of slapstick by like, they're yes. like throwing things at the villains and things like that instead. Catching but, them in nets or whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind but of stuff. In, in the Turtles universe, it's hard to f- fully show the weapons being used because you're in this, especially in the cartoon and then in the movies, you're not going to show someone getting stabbed or right. someone like 
bleeding to death or what the, that would actually happen if they use their weapons. Which is one reason why I think X-Men, the animated series, and some of those movies, not all of those movies work well. I love X-Men. I remember being so excited when the first X-Men was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and being, and then being disappointed they were, um, that X-Marine was, or and that Wolverine wasn't going to be wearing yellow and they weren't going to be in their spandex. I was like, that's not what they look like. Hey, Deadpool 3 is coming out. We might see you, Jackman, in that yellow suit. I I, I bet. But they had the Sentinels. So they had robots they could stab. Yes. And they could do things that they would do with their powers and destroy, which makes those the the X-Men universe easier to do because you can actually show robots being destroyed as opposed to actual people. Um, if Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had like robots, I mean, they did have. Well, they yeah, did I was going to say they did exactly. have robots in the cartoon, and they used yeah. it. They used it perfectly the way that X Men did with the Sentinels, right? Um, but but in the movie, they didn't. So it's um, they're they're limited by both resources and I think I honestly think that the studio and the people in charge were like, one that's too expensive. We can't do robot foot soldiers and we can't do dimension x and you know obviously we'll never see the technodrome well i think we, we do eventually if i remember 2016 out of the shadows uh correctly which it's been a while since i've seen that uh the, so one they're like that sounds too expensive two that's that's goofy we're not gonna try like but we're not gonna you know they're they're scared of of leaning into the cosmic side of it and a lot of turtles is cosmic it's multi-dimensional you know, all of that. They changed TCRI, where the ooze came from, which was, was, you know, had extraterrestrial origins or at least multidimensional origins. And they changed it, the name of that company to, to cut out the cosmic part of it. It's the kind of thing. And all the stuff I'm saying now sounds ridiculous in a world where we just had Doctor Strange run into a multiverse of madness where like DC's like several different universes and <laughs> Uh, everything everywhere all at once is poised to, you know, get all these Oscars. It's just now feels like the right time for like, hey, dimensions, all this crazy stuff. Let's do it. And if they're doing an animation, they don't have to worry about the cost. So that's why yeah, I'm kind of ambitious or I'm kind of hopeful for uh, what the new one's going to bring. But, yeah. And then last, I, and then the very last thing about what kind of hurts really the original three is the pop culture references in yeah, 2023. <laughs> I mean, Shween, which I'm assuming is Wayne's World, yeah, is what is what I thought whenever I saw that. That doesn't really work nowadays. Um, the, right. The warriors that took the when they took the turtle spot um, in NYC, and they were talking about going back, and at the end they yelled, "Not!" Like that was very <laughs> '90s, which some people still will tweet and will tweet that, or like right. that started coming back, which oh no, made please. me feel really old and. <laughs> And then the Don King reference, like some of these references that they made. Don King. Just, there, there's, I also had written down uh, all the Wet Willy stuff. There's a lot the, of Wet Willies. Uh, the, the, uh, I, I'm, a, oh, I'm a turtle, I've fallen and I can't get up. Mm-hmm. That thing, yeah. uh, Hammer Time, and then there was a reference oh, yeah, to the, the Adams Family. Like, who are you expecting the Adams Family? That thing. Uh, the only one that made me laugh is when they see uh, Lord Norinaga walking down the way and it's like, hey, Wayne Newton. That one made me laugh. Just this, <laughs> the, but it's like the good. randomness of it. I was like, that's really? That's what like, we're going for? But like out of all of those, the Adams Family one might be the, 
only one that could really, that people today could understand or younger people today could understand because of like, so Wednesday and like yeah. they're, they keep trying to bring back Adam's family in new ways that it's still kind of vibrant and out there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a franchise I need to circle back to at some point too. Cause that's another one that just like, they're like, no, we're going to do an anim animated series, a live action series, a live action movie, an animated movie. We're going to keep this around. I'm like, all right. Um, uh, I did want to mention, we already talked about the costumes and how they, they do not work. There's that like meme that came out of the, the like decayed Leonardo costume that somebody found a few years ago. And you can see it like it's horrifying uh, what and, it looks like these days. Um, and there's also a picture or meme. Um, I'm not even sure which movie it is. That they, they said like I um, paused the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the exact wrong time. And have you seen this one? Uh, and, probably, and it's but picture, I, I, it's a picture of the Ninja Turtles like mouth open, and you can see two eyeballs in the mouth. Oh yeah! Oh my god! The, uh, <laughs> and that's well, it's, one that I've seen. It, it's not only like the the sort of dead eyes, the ex, the the emphasis on the jaw and the teeth in this version, but even like even the detail on the suits is not there. The skin <laughs> tone, like the other one, they all had different. They all their all their faces, their bodies had nuance they had detail they looked different like they were not all in the same shade of green for example like you can yeah. you without have with take the bandanas off you'd still be able to tell oh that's Raphael, that's donatello you know here they're like literally all the same just color coded uh which does not work Corey feldman's back as donatello for whatever that's worth uh i i threw out the mildly hot take that i actually think the the person that voiced him in the second one i like better as donatello because it sounds more like donatello to me uh and uh, also Brian Tochi and Robbie Rist as the voices of Leonardo and Michelangelo. Apparently the only two actors that are in all three of these movies, which goes to show you like yeah. the turnover that was happening behind the scenes. Robbie Rist, he came, he was Cousin Oliver and um, Brady Bunch and then became a Ninja Turtle. There you go. I'm That's sure he's all... good stuff in the middle. I just have no idea what that is. <laughs> we can all hope for such a, a glow up, as the kids would say. Uh yeah. And also the, the the sword fight at the end, I thought was pretty cool with Lori, uh, Norinaga and Leonardo. Like there was that actual legit sword fight happening, mm -hmm. which felt strange in a Ninja Turtle movie. Like, wait, he's using his sword. What's happening? And I'm always impressed by the people that are in those costumes because they're obviously it's not going to be as fluid as if they weren't wearing the costumes. But for wearing all of that stuff. They do a pretty good job of doing the karate and all the ninja moves with wearing all those turtles costumes, which had to have been heavy, had to have not right. been comfortable. So oh, I'm yeah. always impressed. Absolutely. Yeah, they're able to jump and kick in that thing. It's amazing. Uh, so yeah, if there's unless there's anything else on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, we're going to say it's colon Turtles in Time, even though it wasn't yeah. initially. Uh, what what do you consider? What does the this franchise contribute to cinema? What is the legacy of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie franchise? Hills and valleys. Hey, I, true. I I think it's a lot of hills and valleys. The movie franchise, and I mean the, and I'm gonna go with what most people think. I'm not. I'm gonna leave my personal thoughts on this because I I understand that I'm in the minority on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. It starts really high, goes a little bit low. And then, obviously, I remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or TMNT, 2000, the 2007 movie, um, was really good. And then it dipped for the four. So, like, just hills and valleys. I love mm -hmm. the fact that it's been able to have this long-lasting effect. 
and it has stayed going through the course of time. It didn't just die. I mean, even if it's even if they reboot it and it's not a movie that I love or that I even necessarily like, they're doing another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. They're not letting it die. Yeah. Which I think is worth celebrating. Yeah. And it's purely and I think you um I listened to the, your your discussion about the first movie, and I believe it was brought up in that one um by your guest for that one, which that was a really good um pop, that was a really good episode. Um, but it was mentioned that each generation has their own teenage turtles. And I love that because mine was the eighties. Someone who grew up in 2003 or like the animated version, someone who grew up in 2003, that was, or that was their animated version. There was another, um, later animated versions, the later movies that was their turtles. Um, mm. I watched the majority of the re- most recent movie um, that was animated uh, um, back in 2018 that was based off of that series. See, right. 2018 or 2019. And I wasn't, and there was a lot about that that I wasn't a big fan of. Um, I didn't, they were necessarily all completely different sizes. <laughs> and yeah, and so different from each other. But I, they were trying something new. Which, if you say stagnant, it's that's never good. It's nice for them to try new things. Um, so they're trying something new, and for some people, for some kids, that's going to be their turtles. Obviously, I will love my eighties. I will be. I mean, we all love things when we were kids. I was a. Um, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, um, and was and was heartbroken again this year, like I have been every year since 1995. But. <laughs> My favorite players of my favorite players of all time will always be Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, people who guys who played in the movies when I grew up. Yeah. No matter how many great players play in the future, those will never be my favorite players because that's not who I watched when I was in fifth grade and sixth grade and was obsessed with it. Right. And the same thing goes with now. I mean, no matter how many good series there are, how many good movies there are, my those original movies, that original cartoon will always be my favorite. There will be bits and pieces of every reiteration that I don't like or that I'm not a fan of, but they need to be, they, it needs to be celebrated, even if it's something we don't like, because the franchise continues and it's not staying stagnant and it doesn't look like it's going to die anytime soon. And that's a celebration is what I believe we should celebrate. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And we, especially now we live in such an IP driven age, like everything in, in Hollywood is franchises. It's everything's a, a reboot, a sequel, a prequel, a remake of, you know, reimagining, et cetera, that it's like that, that's the right attitude to have. Like the thing I love still around the version of it that I love, I have it. If I love this next one, great. If I don't, that's not, it's not for me. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to believe, not my hashtag, not my turtles or whatever. <laughs> yes. Like, that's ridiculous. Like people that, you know, if you like Adam West, Batman's the perfect example. I think the one that we brought up in the, in that episode, uh, if you like Adam West or Michael Keaton or, or, you know, uh, Christian Bale or Ben Affleck or, um, or Pattinson, it's like, see, whatever. And my, and my Batman, my Batman will always be Kevin Conroy, rest in peace. Right. Yeah. Kevin exactly. Conroy is my ultimate Batman. But that's because the the '90s cartoon is what I loved and what I right. and and what I watched. I watched the movies, but man, that cartoon! I 
I would, I was, I would make sure every day at four thirty or whenever it came on, I was in front of that TV. Yeah, yeah. Talk about but shows with, that hold up. Definitely, but with the turtles, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm not going to be. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do a live action movie for a very long time. Right. I. They have right now. They have a lot of. I don't think they have a live action movie in the, in the mix going forward. But obviously, they have this animated movie coming up. And then with Paramount, they have a lot of, a number of movies that are in development uh, to go straight to Paramount+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And I would be, and with the thoughts and how 2014 and Out of the Shadows, the reaction that those have, I really wouldn't be surprised if, I'm not going to say they're done with the live action because they'll go to it at some point. It'll be a long time to get another one. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, and, and you know, this is sort of now tipping the the hand for the next episode a little bit, but that was sort of my big turning point when I saw the 2007 movie. It's like, oh, okay, this is the way this franchise should be explored in animation. It just works better. It, it you know, it feels more like, first of all, the version that I grew up with, obviously. And also it, it feels like it's, they're able to, to explore more of the, of the, the world that these characters inhabit without being restricted by, you know, animatronics or costumes. And then even, like you said, even they tried the CG, even then people were like, oh, this is no good. Like <laughs> either you have to let, uh, let them look, like retain the design from the early 90s or in the animated stuff mm-hmm. and transpose that into live action, which is not easy to do. Or, or just keep it in animation because when you try and do it like more, you know, realistic, more grounded, you know, people will hear on that episode, my guest and I'd be like, these guys are horrific. <laughs> this is a horror movie. Keep your small children away uh, because they don't look great in that. And even in the CG in the 2014 movie, like the design is, is too, it's too dark. It's too, uh, I don't know, taking it, the material too seriously. And I think to its detriment, whereas, uh, you know, Something like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, they basically like, well, let's take that animated character, keep him the way he is, and just put him in there, and look at how those movies are so successful. So, and the the original movies, in no world should those have ever worked. Right, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. If you just looked at it on paper, should have probably been a flop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just just the logistics of it. The fact that they were so huge, especially the first one, and then to a lesser extent, the second one, but is amazing because those should have never, I don't think those should have ever worked. So the fact yeah. that they did is a testament to the, the people that were working on them. And obviously the turtle fever that was happening around 1980. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They were doing live shows all over the yeah. country. Well, I do want to say, and I think I heard you say that you went to one of those shows. Yeah, I did. Um, I I never I never did, and that is one I'm jealous because that sounds amazing and <laughs> wonderful. I um, even I had say- the like VHS like special or TV special <laughs> or something I had of that. I'm sure it's so I'm sure some of it's on YouTube somewhere. You could probably see. I will say there is. Have you ever seen the live action Christmas special? I have not. It's caught. It's called like a gift for Splinter. Um, okay, <laughs> but it's live action and. I found it on YouTube. I watched the last year. It's just a, like made in 96, 97. I don't even remember when it was, but it was a live action, just Christmas special. And it was the worst thing I've ever seen, but also the best thing I've ever seen. Like it, it was one of those 
That just was hilarious. I wonder if that's an episode of The Next Mutation, because it sounds like that might be the time frame. Oh, it might yeah. be. I don't know. But <laughs> it was a Christmas special they did. And if you think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 had horrible costumes, man, these were like bought from the dollar <laughs> store is what it looked like. Um, I think Raphael and Michelangelo's bandanas were, vir- I think it was those two, were virtually the same color. Like, Oh, either that or Donatello or Leonardo's were the same color, but like either the red and the orange kind of morphed to two bananas that were, they were exactly the same color or it was the blue and purple. But it was, I mean, I think at one point, and it's a musical too. So kind of, kind of like going with them singing, um, the yeah. concerts and stuff. And I think at one point, one of them raps. Oh, I think boy. it was a, a rap about Chris, a rap, a rap about wrapping presents or something. Of course but, it was naturally. But you need to look it up on YouTube because it was, you know, you, you understand what I mean by it was awful, but also oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It no, on one course. hand, I'm scared to watch this. On the other hand, I might watch it as soon as we're done. I don't know. I, we'll I see what happens. I think I was listening to a Ninja Turtles podcast. Or I was listening to maybe a Christmas podcast. I was listening to something. Mentioned it. I was like, well, obviously I have to watch it. <laughs> of course. You have to complete the experience. Uh, so, so Philip, so you kind of tipped off your, your ranking. So what is your, of the six of, or at least the ones that you've seen, what is your ranking of the, this franchise from, uh, let's do from worst to best. Okay. From worst to best. I have not seen out of the shadows. That was the only one I haven't seen. I watched the 2014 one to date because I was like, I'm, I'm, I want to at least be able to talk a little bit about them. I don't want to just leave those completely off my rank. Right. So. My least favorite was the 2014 one. It was interesting seeing April be like, it was basically, it felt like a movie about April. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I guess if you get Megan Fox, you're going to have a movie about April, but more than a Ninja Turtle movie. But, and also, I, it's hard for me to get behind the CGI, the yeah. computer graphics. I do want to see Out of the Shadows because I do know Bebop and Rocksteady are in that. And I, that is some, those are a couple characters I definitely missed from the second one. I wish they had just used them. Thank one you. good thing about the 2014 one that I loved was I did love the um, elevator scene. Did, uh, um, MC Mikey? Yes, I did yeah. <laughs> love that. That was by far my favorite scene from that. So I that agree. Was, you know, it's, my, it's one of the only like glimmers of, hey, th- these characters feel familiar now for a moment. Was, and then yeah. you're like, ah, we're back to like Transformers land or whatever. And, yeah, and it's hard to it's hard to separate that from Transformers because as Megan Fox, like I feel like mm-hmm. it's easy to think of those kind of as more of the same. And then I, I think believe I heard you talking about this. It also felt weird because they were more adult voices. Yeah, and I want I I need a, I need teenage I mean I need teenage voices or voices that at least sound more teenager. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want my teenage Ninja Turtles to be like thirty. Um, so that was my least favorite. I would say that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is actually next on my list. Oh, okay. And yeah, that is actually out of the original four, including the animated. Um, obviously, I haven't seen the animated in a while, but I remember loving it. Is the, fir- the first Ninja Turtles movie is, I just... I, I, for some reason, and I watched it recently and I enjoyed it a little bit more than I have in the past, but there are parts I still got bored with. Mm. Um, I think whenever they're, 
I think whenever they're at the old house and they're like, and like they're fixing things and after they've basically been defeated, I think that right. at that point, I just kind of get a little bit bored and start yeah. kind of thinking it's, about it. It's got a very different, it's got a very different uh, sensibility than the animated show. Like it was, it's like, and, I, and you probably heard us, us talk about this on the episode, but it's, it's like trying to split the difference between the comics and the show. And it's like, the world feels like it's more from the comics than than from the animated show, and I think yeah. it, you know it's yeah, it mm-hmm. is what it is. And, and it's it's hard for me because almost every like trilogy that's out, the first movie is always my least favorite. It just mm. always ends up that way. I think I want to just get into the action and get away from all of the background stuff that they obviously right. need to set. Up yeah, for the series or for the movie, my favorite Star Wars is actually Return of the Jedi. Ah, uh, okay. My le- so it's the third movie. My least favorite is A New Hope. And my my favorite um, my favorite Indiana Jones is The Last Crusade. Yeah. And my least favorite is actually um is actually the first one. Oh, wow. Raiders. The name for a second. Yeah, yeah, Raiders, Raiders is the last which is weird because Temple of Doom is always thought of as the worst one there. Um, the Last Crusade right. is always thought of highly. But I love the... T- I, th- I think I just don't like the set. I want to get to the main part of the story. Right. You don't want to spend half the movie explaining who the characters... That's kind of how first... I feel about, about about superhero movies, a lot of it. Like, I like mm-hmm. X2 way more than X-Men. I like Dark Knight. Well, Dark Knight and Batman Begins are close. I did those, and those are both really good. Uh, Spider-Man 2, better than Spider-Man. Like, it's yeah, I will say I, with it's the, the origin yeah. story thing. I will say with the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Rises is my least favorite of those three. So yeah. I, that is actually one where I agree with most people. But usually <laughs> the third one's my favorite, and the first one I'm just like, yeah, like Jurassic Park. Actually, the first one I wasn't the biggest fan of because it, as a kid, I I did not like science, and it had all the science. And Mr. I, DNA. I, like, I want to get, get past the science and get to the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. So so so. Really, and so that's how I am. So it, when you think about that and how I usually think of movies, the first one is going to be my least favorite. Um, and then the 2007 one is next. Um, 2000 or second Turtles and the third Turtle Turtle movie, it's really like 1A, 1B. The second one and the third one aren't that far off. Any particular, I might change it. Right now, I'd probably put the second one slightly behind the third one. So the right. second one's next, and then my favorite is the third one. But really, Turtles 2 and Turtles 3 can flip-flop however I feel that day. Right. And really, even with the second one, because the second one's silly. Like, I love the whole vanilla ice bit. It's dumb. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I know it's dumb, but I love it. I wish... It would probably be one. It would probably be number one if they just had used Bebop and Rockstar. Right, that's the one thing I really wish they could have done. Yeah, it's a missed opportunity in there. Like, if you're just going to let it be ridiculous and let it be like the cartoon, then just let it be like the cartoon and bring the characters from the cartoon. No, that's good. I, I'm, I'm all about the hot takes. You know, obviously, all of this is subjective. So, I, I mean. I like, I like getting different opinions. That's the part of this. So, it, I mean, I talked about really cool. everything that they. I talked about everything that Turtles 3 did wrong. And then right. I say it's my favorite. So, you know, exactly. it's, nostal- it's, yeah. it's nostalgia. I, I know yeah. why it's my favorite. And I don't care. Yeah, exactly. You like what you like. It's, yes. all, it's all good. 
It's all good. Uh, and yeah, I, to your earlier point about these movies, there none of them are really available on streaming. I think the only one, because I have all of the all six movies on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Different, I think DVD and Blu-ray for the last two. Uh, so because I'm a turtle completist, mm-hmm. with the, well, I'm a complete. That's the thing. Also, like to your point about if you if you like something, you like it. Uh, if there's a franchise or a character that I'm invested in. I will just buy the movies that I don't even like that much because I'm like, well, it's part of it. It's got my characters. So sure. Come on. Um, so I, mean, I have, I, I, I have like all, that. I have the four turtles. I have Funko pops of the yeah. four turtles there. Nice. I'm a teacher. So they're actually in my classroom with some of my, other, cool. I have a Robin Hood and some other Funko pops. That Very cool. And I have to have the four turtles, obviously. Um, and I have other action figures. I, I have my, I have most of my action figures at my parents' house. They're in like a Ninja Turtles box. Uh, then at some point I need to bring back to my house because, you know, I need to play with them, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now you're all turtled up with all this, <laughs> all this turtle. Uh, yeah, you've been watching. But yeah, Out of the Shadows, I think, is the only one that's streaming. And it's on Amazon Prime, last I checked. So, well, and, and um, no, to, uh, to the 2014 one and Out of the Shadows are both on Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. There you go. Good. And good that's time. how I watched the 2014 one. I believe the original three used to be on HBO Max. They at were some point, uh, because I was at some point you know, they went off. I was planning on just streaming it, and then I was like, "Oh, it's not there anymore." Weird. Uh, That's what I was going to yeah. do. I was, guess I'm going to pull out my old Blu-ray, <laughs> dust them off the, off the shelf. Yeah, uh, physical media. I'm I'm all about physical media. So, and, and that's why it's important to keep some of it because exactly. you know you never know when it's going to leave your streaming service. Right, and that that is exactly why I justify all my Blu-ray purchases. Be like, well, you never know. I might even put, I'm going to cover it on a podcast and I need to have it available, which is why like two years ago, I think I bought the Planet of the Apes box set of the nine movies. Uh, and now I, and I've, been, I've been meaning to cover it on the show and I'm like, I got to cover it. I use my Crooked Table uh, credit card to <laughs> buy that, that as a business expense. So I need to, <laughs> I need to actually cover them. So I'm finally going to cover them. Uh, that's gonna be the next mega series after I, these. So. I have all of the, I have all of the, um, especially the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Yeah, those are good. Um, he, all the good ones and the bad one. Well, yeah, so. some of those are good too. No, they had like a a triple feature, uh, Blu-ray, like uh, the the Superman the movie, the Donner cut of two, and then Returns, which again is sort of a reboot ish. That's trying to be a part of the original franchise. I like. I like, like Returns. I, I have. I have mixed feelings about it, but I there are elements of it that I that I will yeah. defend. Uh, so yeah, but but yeah, most it, movies have elements that are exactly. If, and that's if they the don't, then this is not a good. That right. That's the and that's the fun of doing this podcast. Almost never have I come across uh, a movie where I'm like, well, this was a waste of time. I'm so sorry, everyone, for listening to this. Uh, it, there's always stuff to love or, and even if there's stuff not to love, you acknowledge, yeah, this doesn't work, but you know what? This part's cool. So what up? And even oh, though the movie doesn't work, I still love it. So it's exactly, <laughs> exactly. there's no logic. There's no logic. To this Philip. It is what yes. it is. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on the show. This was so much fun. Uh, it's been too long since we've had you on another one of these. So we need to, we need to figure out something else to talk about, uh, but tell people where they can find you on social media. Yeah, I, um, I can be found on Twitter. Um, I'm with Philip with one L P H I L I P underscore Boone. 
And then I can be found on the Ultimate Gilmore Girls Midnight Podcast. I also have a second podcast. I think we're going to that we that he and I did do episodes, and then whenever I took a hiatus with sports flicks, which may or may not come back, um, we took a hiatus too because life got way too busy. Um, and that is Wrinkle in the Game. And if you're a sports fan, that is my buddy and I. He and I. Um, it's like 15 minutes an episode. And it's literally just us talking about things that happened in sports, like one thing that happened and how the whole sport sporting world or how this particular game, how legacies could be changed if something different had happened. Nice. I like so that. Like, Very cool. Um, Real sliding yeah, doors so, kind of, uh, kind of a approach. Yeah, like, and that's called yeah. a wrinkle in the game. Um, we, he and I have actually discussed about starting that back up again. So I think that the, the sports flicks ones we haven't discussed at all. So I think that one will start at some time. Um, but yeah, either listen, listen to that and listen to the ultimate Gilmore Girls Movie Night podcast. That's my wife and I. And I don't think we have a plan on ever stopping. So, so that one, well, there's, be for there's ever. like how many seasons of that show? There's, there was a bunch of seasons and then they did and another, they have like short run. They have like with movie references, I think there are. 35 movie references just in season one. There's yeah. close, there's like 70, like it's 400 movies in total, 415 or something in like eight or nine seasons. Wow. So yeah, so it'll keep us so, busy for lot, yeah, 15 like, years or something. Yeah. And then eventually you can be like, all right, let's, you know, let's now we could just rebrand it as the feed as something else with 400 <laughs> episodes under your, under your belt. But yeah, no, yeah. that's super yeah, cool. So definitely check those out. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Philip. We'll, we'll definitely do this again soon, my friend. I appreciate you. Sounds good. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Big thanks to Philip Boone of the Ultimate Gilmore Girls Movie Night podcast for coming on to talk about 1993's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. I, I, as you heard in this episode, was not expecting his take on this film. So glad that we were able to get that. I think it's really fun to have uh, lots of different voices and different perspectives on uh, a franchise like this, especially that spans decades and generations at this point. So uh, really happy to have Philip here and look forward to booking him again for either this show or our sister show, Close Watch. Of course, you can find both of those shows on all your podcatchers of choice, as well as crickettable.com. But I want to know, what are your thoughts on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3? Do you agree with the consensus that this is one of the weakest films in the franchise? Or are you a little closer to Philip and you're like, ah, but there's some good stuff here. Don't, don't, you know, don't cast it aside. Let me know. You can find me on Twitter at Crooked Table, the same handle on Instagram, as well as uh, via email at Robert at CrookedTable.com. We'll be back with the next episode talking about 2007's TMNT, the first animated film. Uh, the only and well, the only the only fully animated the the ones after that are, are pretty animated as we'll get to. Uh, but the only fully CG uh, film in the Ninja Turtles franchise thus far. For now, that's a wrap on another Crooked Table production. Catch you at the next stop, everyone. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. Z-R-O-K-E-D. <laughs> <laughs>